Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Johnny Smith. I'm Richard Porter. Welcome to Smith & Sniff, the podcast where two friends talk about cars and sometimes gardening with cars. I realised, you know, that there's an award-winning um, Chelsea flower show and also um, a presenter of Gardener's World that lives in the same town as me. Really? Yeah. Who? He's called Adam Frost. Frosty? Yeah. Do you know Adam Frost? No. Oh, well, he no, lives sorry, He lives around here and he's won multiple Chelsea flower shows and um, he he follows me on social media, which I didn't realise until about three days ago. And I thought, he's doing, he's presenting Gardener's World while Monty Don's um, in hibernation. <laughs> not hibernation, you know what I mean? Have they put Monty Don in a box with some newspaper and straw? Yeah, they've said goodbye to him for a very long time and then put him in the under the stairs cupboard. <laughs> no, I don't. But it's, it's spring, they need to get Monty Don out now and get him out in the sunshine so he can warm up. Oh, to be fair, he's isolating, I think, but um, so they're... So Gardener's World is is on, is being televised, and Adam Frost is doing it from his garden on his own. Oh, I see. And and um and I realised that it, where he's from or where he lives now, and it's 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 in Stamford, really close to where I am. So, and I thought, oh, are they? Um, I've been enjoying my garden because that's the extent of my travel at the moment, as as a lot of other people are. And I and I thought. If if I'm I, I I've I can get various motor vehicles into the back of my garden if I'm if I have a bit of a jiggle around, you know, and I thought that this is where Gardener's World is missing a trick, or where you and I are missing a trick and we need to diversify. We should call it Gardener's World, and it should be people that have gardens with loads of motor vehicle toss in them. Because there's always someone in a town or a village who has a, a garden with a, a remains of a car or a Land Rover or an engine with a tarp on it. Always. 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 There's always a backstory. It's usually a family argument. Well, weren't we going to do that at one point? Weren't we going to do CSI tarpaulin, <laughs> where we just cruised around towns looking for interesting shapes under tarps and then yeah. got in touch with the owner? and went, Well, first of all, we had to identify what it was, sort of a bit, you know crime scene investigation oh my man which we have done i know we've done because i've been with you when we've been when we've spent remember there was that one not far from me that we finally worked out was a passat estate was a passat estate exactly sweating profusely under the sheet (laughs) (laughs) absolutely permanent sheen a patina of moisture on the body as it rots away but also why are you keeping the passat estate and that's where the show gets interesting because we dig into the backstories oh it's like Tony Hadley wearing a really sort of nylon man-made fibre heavy shirt under the spotlight, <laughs> just starting to really break, break a bead on. I have to but say, there's a though, reason for keeping Tony Hadley. I don't really see the reason for keeping a Passat estate no, in the 80s. No, but that there's got to be a backstory. There's got to be. A, I think CSI tarpaulin is is just an amazing. And do we have to be 
suited and booted and pull our sunglasses down and then reverse the car back up to the house, knock on the door and hold up a card which says something simply like uh, tarpaulin scene investigation TSI. Yeah. Which, isn't that an Audi engine or a VW? There's going to be, lot- <laughs> be a lot of heavy braking followed There's- by a lot of risk reversing <laughs> when, a, when a, a target is sighted. And there'll, then, be, uh, there'll be auto slam, as Tiff used to call it, where you'd go from D to R really quickly when the car's still going <laughs> forward. <laughs> On that note, I was writing something this week and I had to, I had to uh, mention J-turns and I suddenly thought... Oh, yeah. I, don't, I think I've probably done a J-turn like twice in my life, both times in someone else's car on an airfield. Yes. And there's something that goes through me a bit about a J-turn. I think it's my natural sympathy for the track rod end that, that makes me a little bit uncomfortable <laughs> with a J-turn. And you really only see them in cop dramas. They're not, they're not something that, you know, handbrake turns. Yeah. But you yeah. see sort of, you know, rally cars and things do those, and you see Russ Swift parking that way every time there's a Montego advert on. Uh, yeah, sorry, many times. I've, I've confused myself with the eighties, but it is you know the, the handbrake turns seem to be like something that happen a bit, and J turns they're sort of like the distant cousin. You don't see so much, but I was just think they're really fucking bad for the car. Yeah, they are. They're hard. They're um, they're, they're um, bootleg turn. It was originally called, wasn't it? Yes, which is what my, right. I remember watching when in the eighties as a kid. It, lots of J turns on the A team. Uh, the A team van used to do a lot of J turns. Yeah, and um, and obviously Night Rider with Kit and stuff. And I I said to my dad, "What is that called? What ha- what, what are they doing?" And my dad went, "Oh, it's a bootleg turn. That it's a bootleg turn." And um, <laughs> it makes and, and it I, sound like you buy it from a market stall, and it's got a different track listing to the real album. Oh yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a, that's a rare a rare uh, limited press Japanese import that one. Yeah, yeah. But I um, my, so so that yeah, the J turn is. I mean, I've done, I've I've not done many J turns, and I did one once in a long term test car as I was coming onto an airfield. Filming? For, were you coming onto the airfield backwards? As in, like we—I can't remember this scenario, but I know I was in a Clio one nine seven Renault Sport. Oh, I bet that J turned quite nicely. It J turned really well. Unfortunately, and this is the bit I hadn't planned on. I J turned up to I think Wookie Ford or whoever I was presenting with that day, and as the J turn completed. I got out the car and smiled and I heard a hissing and both the front tyres had gone through broken glass and just instantly punctured. You J-turned through broken glass? I, I J-turned through broken glass. We, I spent the rest of the shoot trying to phone around Great Britain, trying to find tyres oh, for God. a clear, and I couldn't find them. So I had to get it emergency um, repaired and I had to drive home at no more than about 45 miles an hour. <laughs> So, so I, I, my J turn experience is somewhat tarnished after that. Anyway, uh, hang on I, a minute. Well, I was talking about Gardener's World. For a, a yeah, fun. but I've just remembered something from the uh, from the dim and distant past. On old Top Gear, we were filming one of those items that they just used to do on old Top Gear, basically every couple of months about um, you know police pursuit drivers and. You know the ones who were supposed to get out of trouble with VIPs in the back, kind of thing. Oh yeah, and we yeah, had this yeah. bloke took him to an airfield and went go on just show us some of the basic moves, and one of them was the J turn, <laughs> and we provided a car for him, and it was a Rover seventy five press car, 
and in the course of doing repeated J turns for the cameras, he ripped the front wheel off. Off? Yeah, the front wheel came off. He was doing it with Quentin as well, who, uh, as we know, is a great enthusiast of palming, but is not, a, you know, an aggressive driver who would be in a pursuit situation unless he could do it whilst just gently gripping the wheel with. Two fingers, finger and thumb. I can't a, imagine Quentin in a heavy chase situation. No, I think he'd stop, get out, and charm his way out of the situation with the terrorists before he'd he'd be seen driving aggressively. Oh, he would absolutely. He'd turn around and go, "Look, guys, is there anything that no, I can do?" I'm not. You won't. You won't find me driving like that. It's silly and it's uncouth, and I'm not going to do it. No. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I, I, we, we really, really knackered a Rover 75. I just remembered that. Bloody hell, the wheel came off. I that know. Is bad. It was, I mean, it didn't, I think it, from memory, it didn't come fully off. It sort of, but it was just, it was, it was all pointing the wrong way and bits were, were not, off. not in right. it. Not pretty. Not great. No. Not great. Anyway, gardening. So, Cardiner's World, okay, this show that doesn't exist that should exist. <clears throat> Cars, vehicle, motor vehicles in the front or back garden. But I can imagine we could do it. So what about we try and garden using cars and motorcycles? So you've got, you know, this week, Monty Don's going to be doing um, full throttle clutch starts, uh, digging furrows with his Tiguan. And then we're going to have... Adam Frost is going to show you how to dig a bed with a motocross bike on a 10-foot by 10-foot garden. Now, what I'm going to do here in the middle of this lawn is I'm going to put in a circular flower bed for some herbaceous plants. And to ascribe the circle on the lawn so I know where to dig, I'm going to use this scrambler motorcycle. (laughs) It's a a Honda two-stroke absolute death machine. (laughs) <laughs> doing massive, massive what are they called it's, it's it's the donut isn't it is it still a donut when it's on a motorcycle i'm not sure uh yeah it is it's just a much tighter harder affair because you're trying yeah. to you're trying to tame the bull really monty don in a tweed jacket absolutely lighting up the knobbly back tire on an old Honda Scrambler. Oh, lean it, all his body a... weight shifting to the yeah, handlebars. Yeah, he's fully committed. <laughs> I mean, he's quite, quite, he's over quite a lot, sort of knee down, but but ragging in circles so that he can go, that's going to look lovely. <laughs> I would, and then we pass over to Gay Search. Do you remember Gay Search? I don't know if she's still on Gardener's World, but my brother used to laugh at her name when we were kids. But I would... <laughs> he would, he would he'd go. And now we go over to Gay Search, who's um, um, transforming a garden in Wil... <laughs> transforming a garden in Wiltshire using nothing but a Hamney Down Vauxhall Carlton. <laughs> 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 now we just <laughs> now I need to dig a couple of holes to put in these Leylandi, and I'm going to do it by absolutely lighting up <laughs> the back tyres of this old BMW 535i. <laughs> and it accidentally gets a bit more traction than they expect and launches forward, <laughs> smashes through into a gazebo. Na- into the neighbour's fence. You have to yeah. awkward yeah. Call. The camera cuts to the next shot. Now, with that all done, let's move on to the next job. Oh, I see. You're going for the. They just cut away, and as if nothing's happened. I, I imagine more that they would absolutely maintain their composure, but then he just steps out and goes, "That hasn't worked." 
let's get the old spade out instead. The steam starting to just curl from under the bonnet of the BM. What, because it's been at 6,000 RPM not going anywhere for ages? Yeah, exactly, really just for a little day. bit. And then, and then you know, it's actually it, it hit the fence post <clears throat> and it's probably cracked the radiator a little bit. It's not oh. good news. Well, Monty Don could, it could be started. This could start as a serious consumer piece. So we've had an awful lot of communications on uh, from viewers saying how expensive rotivators have become. <laughs> so as a consequence, we've decided to find a worthy alternative. And we think we found it. Uh, over to Monty. Uh, yeah, um, a brand new Honda rotivator costs in excess of, of £1,200 these days. We've realised the job can be done easily and safely <laughs> using one of these (laughs) camera cuts to um, and what we have here is an MOT failure Vauxhall Frontera and I've fitted on the front tyres very thin snow uh, style spike tyres they were second hand and watch what we can achieve in a very short space of time Cut to a huge amount of rooster tailing soil. <laughs> is there a point where he has to go? Now, I probably don't need to tell you this, but a heavily leaking differential is depositing oil into this border, and that's <laughs> bad for the plants. So I'm just going to back the, the frontera up and set fire to it. Well, what, what, behind Monty Don's absolutely immaculate Victorian walled garden. Sometimes the camera just lets slip on a slow pan. There's one of those trellises with a creeper on, and behind that is essentially a scrapyard of all of the MOT failure <laughs> gardening implements that he's... Is this Monty Don's way of finally admitting that he is, in fact, addicted to buying MOT failure shit off eBay? Oh, he loves it. He absolutely loves it. He's got a Dutton Ranger. <laughs> and well, wait, wait! I can't even tell if you're joking. Is he? He hasn't really got a Dutton Ranger. I don't know. I don't think he has. I don't, I, I, imagine if he has. After all, after all this chat, you sound like one of those conspiracy theorists who, you know, they sort of say, "Oh, well, there's the aeroplanes, the contrails are spraying mind-controlling chemicals," and you go, "Well, they're not, are they? You, you can't prove that." And 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 they go, "Well, yeah, but you can't prove they're not." It's like you've just gone, you can't prove that Monty Don hasn't got a Dutton Ranger. He's probably got a couple of them. He's got got a Dutton Phaeton as well. He loves Duttons. It's an an instant standoff stalemate, isn't it? Instant like, yeah, but you don't know, so therefore it's all null and void. Yeah. So, yeah, Yeah. a bit of of gardening. In all seriousness, though, I've enjoyed the garden and I've got the tortoises have been really appreciating it and I've built them something of an all-terrain course um, to it, so they've got plenty of angles and uh, substrates, in, and uh, I've given them some natural plants that they would dine on in their native environment. So I'm really pleased with that. It's also it doubles as an off-road course for a radio-controlled car, but I try not to do those two things at the same time because you don't want to <laughs> crash into a tortoise with a radio-controlled car. So why not? They're armoured. I mean, they're bloody hard. I'm telling you. Um, tortoises are amazing at digging and climbing in fact in fact who came first land rovers or tortoises and they're both exceptionally old well um, i'm no i'm no david attenborough but it, it would be my certain belief that the tortoise came out before 1948 
I think you're absolutely right, Richard. I, I mean, we can check right. this, or you know, someone can write in and correct us. But no, I I'm think pretty, I'm pretty certain that most animals uh, were already around by the <clears> late forties. Do you think? Oh, well, we'll look it up. Listen, while yeah. we're talking about gardening, yeah, um, I was going to mention. Well, car- car- reminds sorry, me, card gardening. 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 Yeah. Well, I know you're not a massive fan of the Pet Shop Boys, and I am. And every year, because I'm a massive fan, I buy their. They release a little book every year of just sort of what they've been up to and information about new songs and all this sort of stuff. Do they? It's fantastic. Yeah, a really beautifully produced little hardback book. It's mega. No other band does it. And it's got little interviews and so it's all. It's just terrific. And there's um, there was a Q and A thing in the new one which just came last weekend, and uh, there's this bit which I know you'll enjoy because. It's. Uh, I don't even know what the question was because I've, <laughs> I've got it. I've just. I've got the book with me. I've just got a picture of this section on my phone. Uh, but Neil Tennant uh, says, uh, "I want to use this as an opportunity to complain about something. It would be why are leaf blowers so noisy in my street in London? They blow the leaves away, and the noise it makes is phenomenal. Quite honestly, you could do it with a broom." Chris Lowe chimes in. Rather than blowing them away, why don't they vacuum them up? That's what I don't understand. Absolutely. And I thought, I know someone else who has this opinion about leaf blowers. Apart from me, I mean, I agree with both the Pet Shop Boys and the other person who holds that view, which is you. Oh, I, I, they couldn't be. Um, they couldn't be closer to the truth. I, th- I genuinely think it is. Um, it is a, an answer to a question no one asked. Because why blow when you could? So you don't. You don't just go, I'm just going to go and blow the floors of my house inside, yeah. do you? <laughs> you don't, nobody does that because that's a dim idea. No, I've got a new dust blower. Won't I just blow the dust to another place where it's still being dusty? Yeah. Uh, no, no, because it's a it's a blower. It's That's better than a sucker. It's just, it's... Nonsense. And also, and, and the fact, I mean, really, it's a total kidney punch to Mother, mother Nature, the fact that not only are you doing a pointless act of blowing leaves... But you're burning fuel to do it, and it's just. Yes. Um, and I've and I, yeah, as I've explained to you before, I did get really rudely awoken by a, a, a two-stroke leaf blow once on Easter Sunday morning <clears throat> in America. I oh. did have to did have to have stern words with the contractor. <laughs> uh, it just yeah. so happened that I had no clothes on. I'd totally forgotten that I was <laughs> naked. But anyway. <laughs> It's another. In that respect, it was a good job that his large petrol-powered thing wasn't able to suck, or it may he may have attacked you with it. Absolutely disastrous consequences for your cock and balls. But um, (laughs) it's funny now you've mentioned it. I suddenly think yes, that is it's sort of that is the mark of staying in a hotel in America. Yeah, is getting woken up a bit earlier than you want by a bloke by with a leaf blower outside and it's yeah. yeah why do they do that it's it's infuriating it's not right it's not well anyway right. um in fact didn't you want i think you once mentioned that your um disdain for leaf blowers on twitter and tv's tiff nidell called you out on it and went oh you don't understand they're, oh, they're brilliant you'll you'll understand one day Oh, As I if, think like, he'd, yeah. With I, age comes wisdom and an appreciation for leaf blowers. I just don't think there's any wisdom attached to leaf blowers. I think that's the underlying problem there. Tiff needs to just get a rake out. I, I get. <laughs> I've got two massive. I'm staring at two huge deciduous trees in my back garden, and so come autumn, the garden does get dumped on. And I, I just still use a, a fully manual rake. It's very efficient. You get a bit of a bead on. Um, 
but it's great and um, and I've when the kids were a bit younger and they had those battery powered like little cars that they could drive around in I attached a rake to the back of one of them and they raked a, basically Silverstone into the lawn ah. and it I took a picture once it was brilliant and um That's fantastic. Yeah, they made a course and then helped me clear it up afterwards full of fallen yellowy leaf litter and it was wonderful. Well, you see I have a problem because I uh, I I rake up we get a lot of leaves falling in our garden here but then also you know we have a large dog so you've always got the dog shit landmine oh no for. oh do you leak you have got you, to be re- but that's the thing but you've got to be really careful you basically got to go and do a sort of site survey first yeah because it's not very nice to rake up oh raking a poo, cable raking a cable is the worst yeah well i mean i suppose uh, worse only would be going over one with a lawnmower oh it scalps it it's a poo scalp it's awful absolutely but awful actually worse well what would now i suppose going over one with a flymo would be okay well a strimmer with and you're not wearing a visor is probably the worst oh my god um <laughs> I've, i have slices of dog plop flying I, up into your face i've i've done it when i used to mow lawns for a saturday job i have accidentally flailed one and i kept my mouth shut and it sort of gave me a well it gave me a dirty sanchez i think they call it oh man and um, i i i luckily i had a, a <laughs> handkerchief and i had to quickly do that and then i might have gone home and jiffed my own face <laughs> it was it was pretty gross this reminds me of when i just got a new phone and I was out walking our dog, and she laid a dog log, and I bent down to pick it up, and as I did, my phone was in the inside pocket of my jacket for some reason, and oh, it no. slid out. And it slid out, and it hit the ground about an inch to the right of the turd, <laughs> and cracked the screen of my brand new phone. And I sort of found myself in this weird How old was your phone? dilemma. I was like... Oh, a week, if that. Oh, Brand shit. new phone. Was, yeah, it was really annoying. And I thought, now, if it had fallen just an inch to the left, it would have the the fall would have been cushioned by that by dog feces. shit. But then, on the other hand, my brand new phone would have fallen into dog shit. So I don't know which is worse. And oh I, I, I could never quite reconcile that. That's like an Andy McNabb book, cushioned by feces, <laughs> volume one. <laughs> He had the choice. He could die or he could leap into a huge cushion of feces. <laughs> to cushion his blow. He's the, the hero is, is escaping from the uh, hijacked embassy, but the only way he can get out as the gunmen come up the stairs is to leap from the window into the open septic tank below. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. And he recently got a paper cut, so he's especially concerned about um, infection. Well, I yeah, I mean, I, I had to deal with our septic tank only two days ago. We had a bit of a, a blockage in one of the conduits. I have to say, man, big shout-out to Karcher pressure washers because they're so much more than just a car cleaning device. Yes, we know they do patios, but I've I've unblocked our sewage system three times using car Karcher pressure washer, so that's pretty cool. A friend of mine's just bought a Karcher, and um, he I'm big on Karchers. He had to um, he had to wait a while for it, and they actually sent him an email going, "It's on its way." But just to let you know, big demand at the moment. I think Karcher are coining it in because everybody's of going. Course. I've got not much Everyone's to do. Everyone's valeting. Oh, I've got a I've got a mossy patio. Uh, yeah. What, what I need here is a Karcher. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's a culture that sounds like, that. for some reason, I can't say culture without thinking of Gertrude, the Cockney... I don't even know what Gertrude means in Cockney. Get you? Gertrude. Do you know what? It's actually not Karcher either. It's Kircher or Kircher. Is it? my brother keeps correcting me. Yeah. Kircher? Kircher. Kircher. Like a Scouser would say it. It's it's a Scouse Austrian. Kircher. Ich bin sales rep for Kircher. Yeah, you've got to have uh, Paul O'Grady obviously doing all of the promotional uh, videos because he's just so enthusiastic, isn't he? That's what I like about Paul O'Grady. Just, unless it's a dog, he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> oh, all right, now I've got another, got another radio show, oh, you know. <laughs> just so disinterested in the people he's supposed to interview. Now, it says here you've got a book out. Uh, yes, it's about it's about dogs. Oh, right, that's great. Oh, it's great, brilliant. Yeah, and you know what? He's like he makes Jack D look like a really happy children's presenter. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, actually, I wanted to raise with you a slightly sensible question, and it, it reminded me because um, you were just talking about Monty Don's unprecedented collection of MOT failure cars. Um, <laughs> I suddenly had this thought the other day, and I don't know why it popped into my head. I was saying, like, now what are the pros and cons of the government? insisting that when you sell a car it has to have a fresh MOT on it because you know they changed the thing with tax mm. now you can't sell a car with tax on it The tax you cancel out the tax when you sell the car and the person buying it has to start again and I'm not yeah, even sure why they that. did that I can't remember no, why I find it irritating I find it a bit irritating and also it's like it's removed one of the things that people used to put in adverts that I mean it's, oh, it's, got, oh, it's got six months tax left on it but if you bought an old, yeah, true. An old crapper <clears throat> You always felt like you were slightly up on the deal if it had a bit of tax left on it. And oh, totally! It's that's that taken that joy away. Tank. Yeah, I mean, actually, I, I've I've haggled and bought cars before when they've said I'll put a fresh twelve months or six months tax on it. Yes, you know, because that's like another bargaining tool. Yeah, um, that's it. Because yeah, I bought what a car are the pros once. and cons? I, I bought a car once where uh, there was almost no tax left on it, and from a from a dealer, and uh, and I went. Stick a bit of tax on it, would you? And he went, at this price. He wasn't a cock, and he had just automatically doing everything. <laughs> but yeah, it turned into a bit of a thing. I was like, oh, come on. I mean, what? it's just, you know, it's a, it's a gesture, just six months. And he was like, I'm giving this thing away as it is. And I was like, well, you're not, are you? But it was, yeah, it got into a bit of a, but, 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 but. He won. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he was just, he was really digging in and sort of, you know, I felt like then I, I was duty bound to dig in for a bit. And then in the end, it was just like, oh, you know, I want the car. 
I'm not going to walk away over this. That would be he, petty. He knew. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. He knew. He knew already that I wanted it. I think he'd seen it in my eyes. Um, so yeah, but that's the thing. I suddenly thought, now why, why, what are, why would you not insist that a car? I suppose the way. Well, I'd be interested to hear your views on this. But I suddenly thought, oh, I bet it would lead to a massive surge in fraudulent MOTs. Well, yeah, because you buy a lot more cars than me, and I reckon you you understand. I was I was expecting, in fact, that you would just go, no, you couldn't do that because this. But could you think there's more downside than upside to it? To putting fresh ticket on a car, insisting on a fresh ticket. Um, well, I th- think what it would do is, I think it would make buying and selling cars probably less worrying for a lot of people. But That's I what think I'm thinking, that, uh, yeah. yeah, because obviously it's 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 mandatory. And do you know what's weird? I wrote the word mandatory down as something to talk about today. <laughs> it's a word I very much like. Um, and it's not used enough. I certainly don't use it nearly enough, although I've managed to weevil it in, um, because it rhymes with banditry. And the thing about the word banditry is, again, it's just not used um, enough in in this day and age. And when they, when, they, when, they, when they're put together, mandatory banditry, again, a term that no one ever uses. <laughs> No one ever uh, uses the term mandatory banditry because banditry is not mandatory. I anyway, was once we'll at the on. Belgian Grand Prix and I bumped into Martin Brundle, who I've met before a few times, and he's a really lovely chap. And so he's I, a, I yeah, went, nice bloke. Hi, very Martin. thin necklace. Yes, yeah, he very likes, very thin gold necklace. Loves a, 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 almost, it's almost like a hair's width, isn't it? But very gold. <laughs> Microns, yeah. yeah. Just get that anyway. That's a specialist necklace. Um, but yeah, lovely chap. And I, I said, "Oh, hi, Martin." You know, thinking it was one of those ones. Where I was like, uh, "Is he going to remember who I am?" And he was like, "Oh, hello, Richard." And I was, I was delighted. And we were stood, standing there in the paddock talking. And then someone came over. Someone else came over to say hi to him. And Martin Brundle turned to me and said to this guy who'd come over, "Have you met this bandit?" <laughs> and I didn't know whether that was an insult or not. Really? He said it in a warm sort of tone. I think it, you know, it it sort of he was using it to mean like a, a scoundrel, oh, he's a, bit of a, a bit of a rogue. Yeah, he knows that I write sniff petrol and uh, and other sort of jokey things about Formula Satire. One. Satire. Yeah. So I think is that, he is he cool with you? He's cool with that. Yeah, right? yeah. He's totally cool with me. He's he, he's always been lovely, and I've seen him you know a few times around and. He's he always stops for a chat, and he's such a nice bloke, and he's always you know loves to have a little a little gossip about F one and all sorts. He's no proper bang up chap. Really like him, um, but yeah, he called me a bandit once, and I still don't know why or what that's. That's just me. brilliant. I'm I'm so glad that the mandatory banditry conversation has actually yielded some some use. But then I like that. Hang that's on, you, you're saying that um, mandatory rhymes with banditry, but you see, I think mandatory is one of those words that's got at least three possible pronunciations, because it could be mandatory and oh, mandatory gosh. as well. Oh, mandatory, which, that's an Americanism, isn't it? Mandatory. Mandatory. I don't know, I, I always imagine Americans think- might go, it is mandatory to do the bandatory, and then it doesn't quite... <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, bandatory? Bandatory. Some bandits were caught doing bandatory. I wouldn't put it past oh them. My you, know, gosh. You, know, you know how sometimes American pronunciation sort of catches you out, where you go, you, what, what, why are you saying it like oregano? It's, like, it's, what, it's why? Centri- trif- centrifugal. Centrifugal. I know. Can't yeah. even do that. Centrif- centrifugal. It's centrifugal, mate. Just say it like that. No. Nope. Oh. Centri- hey, don't be a bandatory person about this. Bandatory. 
That's awful. I hadn't even thought but of it. But mandatory, mandatory, mandatory. I think you you could go either of three ways on that. We've we've talked about um, interestingly named media companies before. I think I think I've decided if I ever set one up, it might be mandatory banditry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I would get and then any. You'll business. sell a show to a US company, and they'll go, Johnny, just one question: Why is uh, your company called mandatory banditry? It doesn't rhyme. Well, it does. Mandatory. No, it does not. We're cancelling the show. <laughs> You guy, you're a bozo. I'd have yeah, to add you're, bozo you're an, there. Again, a word. You're an asshole. You're, you're an asshole. You're, you're a asshole. bozo. Jerk off. Insert other. Uh, well, don't you think that asshole is lighter than asshole? Like, asshole yes. does sound like an insult in and of itself. You don't immediately think of the actual hole in your bum. Um, <laughs> Arsehole is somehow what are you more. Arsehole is more somehow it's more technical and it's a bit ruder. If you go, you arsehole, it's like oh, bloody hell, all right. It's like calling someone a prick. Well, it's a little bit more my macro lens. Yeah, right, yeah. Really. <laughs> yeah, it's <What>? just. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. exactly that. It's a macro lens insult. Anyway, um, yeah. Why aren't because the MOT thing? I, I thought about it. I can't even remember how it pops into my head. But then I thought it's a bit like how now you have to have a survey done on your own house before you sell it. Oh, and it that's gives just absolute the, bobbins. Well, yeah. it's a pain in the bum, isn't it? But it's also yeah. gives the buyer a bit more peace of mind. I think that's why they they wanted to do it. And I thought, well, if you could did that with MOTs. It would give some reassurance. Conversely, there'd be lots of hooky MOTs floating around, and it's an added expense. And it also, it would, yeah, there'd have to be exemptions for cars that are being sold as non-runners. Yeah, and the other thing is, is, is if you're already going to sell a vehicle, a lot of the time it's because the love's gone, um, and you want something else, or. Let's say you you run low on money and and you need to coin some money back. I think it'd be, it'd be a very sour ending to the relationship where you've got to spend more money, and therefore I personally would be like, do you know what? I'm just going to keep it because I've just <laughs> MOT'd it. I've just had MOT'd it. I've, I had it tax not. I had it service not long ago. The tires I know are pretty good. Do you know what bollocks? I'm not selling this to anybody, so it might encourage hoarding. Yeah, just be like, Richard, why have you still got that other car? And it's like, oh, because, um, because I, 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 I spent a bit of money MOTing it and then realised I liked it and I haven't told my wife. Well, like talking the... of which, have you, have you, um, uh, how strong is the temptation to buy cars in this moment of um, semi isolation? Mm, Goodness me. Well, mm, oh, yes and no. Oh. I find myself browsing no. car and classics and all the usual um, sites that we waste our time oh, on. <laughs> and you do, I do yeah. find myself going, well, they'll be desperate for... I was doing it last night. I did a little Zoom chat with um, with three mates where we decided in advance we would each pick a couple of old cars to share with the group, one under 10 grand oh. and one under 20 grand. Um, and I got a Citroen CX for my under 10 oh, yeah. grand. And we were all looking at it, and, and it was almost simultaneously two of the other blokes went, I think it was up for nine grand, two of the other blokes went, they take they take seven and a half for that, because it's just in this climate. Brilliant. And it's true. Yeah. I sort of do find myself looking and going, oh, I bet they take a low offer on that. But then, you I know, th- it, that's the problem. I'm not using the cars that I have, so what I don't really need... Is it's another one? Is another one? But this is different for you because you could stash it somewhere. I leave my cars on the street. I don't have a garage or anything, so I'd just be buying just, aggro. Well, 
I just want to make this totally clear to everybody listening. I haven't bought uh, a car during lockdown. I haven't. Are you lying because your wife will hear this? (laughs) I'm saying saying absolutely nothing. All I'm saying is subscribe to my YouTube channel, Car Pervert, and you'll see that I almost certainly haven't bought another car. Recently. <laughs> almost, almost certainly, the... almost certainly. Um, well, to go, but how do you buy a car at the moment? Because you're not supposed to go and you know do non-essential travel. It's some some friends of ours. You need connections. You need connections, Richard. Really? There, are, there are still there are there, there are, are ways still and transportation. means. Ways and means. Yes, I know. Remote I know. remote payment. And, oh yeah, not that um, bit. I mean, I'm not I'm not worried about that so much as just actually getting the damn thing well you see we live in a world where um there are there are companies and websites like shipley where transporter companies going up and down the country delivering x y and z still need to fill their trailers and make ends meet so as long as they're not coming into close proximity with others you might find that vehicles can be moved here and there with relative ease. Huh. I haven't thought about uh, that. I'm, a, I'm, I'm not. I'm not really speaking from experience. I'm just. No, I'm, no. I'm, I I've merely done some research. So. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, I know what I wrote down. Apart from um, all-terrain tortoise and <laughs> and Cardiner's world, um, I, th- I actually thought, what would what sticker should I put on the back of one of my tortoises? I put one shell, scratch it, or something like that. I was going to, you know. What would be an alternative for one life? Live it. I don't know. <laughs> don't tortoises live for a long time, like hundreds oh. of years, potentially? Yeah. Well, we we've had the male for thirteen years, and he's still extremely youthful. He was three when we got him, and I had a moment not long after we got him where I said to my wife, "I said he might still be with us when we're retired. How weird would that be?" And and, and we got him before we were married. So it's like, yeah, I mean, tortoises. And I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure there's a relationship between tortoises and car enthusiasts. Because I know there's a watch, there's always been a bit of a fascination with watches and mechanical stuff. But I'm pretty sure Clarkson had or has a tortoise, pet tortoise. Um, In fact, could he? he? He does who wants to be a millionaire. Could he be the... Could he be the anchor on Cardiner's world now that he's got some agri credentials? He would fulfil the. I know it's a different program, but you know, on, on Country Fire, like John Craven is just standing in a field, just basically linking in and out of all the other films, isn't he? So <laughs> yeah, Clarkson he doesn't could go do anymore that anymore. Uh, he's just standing in a I field, think... going, "Well, who would have guessed it was an MG midget under there?" <laughs> I don't think that's coming back. But obviously, it symbolises their dead son. Okay, moving on to Carlisle now, where Johnny and Richard are slamming on the brakes because they've just spotted what they think might be a Nissan Silvia drift car under a tarpaulin. I think should we, if we could convince him to do that, that would really raise our, you know, profile of of the show. Yeah, I feel. yeah, really, really sell it. This could be, in fact, mandatory banditry's first TV commission. Oh, I mean, without a doubt. Without a doubt, it, it's got mandatory banditry productions written all over it, <laughs> hasn't it? 
Or is it mandatory banditry media? <laughs> mandatory banditry media, definitely. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, there we go. Um, Do you know what? Someone listening to this might blimmin register it and then I'm snookered. Well, you get better in there, then. I feel like I shouldn't have said it out loud. No. Damn. Um, while you're here, can I ask you <laughs> <Yeah>. a question? <laughs> That's what this is about, Richard, you what? absolute coon. I'm not going anywhere, am I? Last week, you know, you were talking about your mate Greasy Mark. <laughs> I have some follow-up questions. Now, one of them is, why is he called Greasy Mark? And the other one is about a, a very cryptic text message you sent me earlier this week. Where you, where you, where, where you went, <laughs> remind me to tell you about when Greasy Mark almost drowned on my stag do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It just came to me late at night before bed when I'm sometimes at my most creative. Um, the Let me think. Okay, so Greasy Mark's called what was or is called Greasy Mark because he worked on a, in a scrapyard, and he was always covered in oil and grease. It doesn't matter how much he tried to wash himself; um, everything was impervious. <laughs> so he was exceptionally well lubricated as a as a as a human being. Sorry, my children are they're, they're trying to kill one another downstairs. Yeah. It's just the nature of the beast at the Isn't moment. Isn't it? Um, and so Greasy Mark's very greasy and builds lots of things, uh, both at work and at home. And he runs a garage now, a repair garage. Um, and Greasy Mark... So I, my stag do, we decided to be a bit different. And we had a, a stag weekend where we canoed down um, the River Wye, which is beautiful. And we wound up over the course of about a day and a half um, in Hereford, and Hereford is where we did the main stag do. We went out on the town and all that stuff. Yeah. But we camped and we all canoed um, and took our own supplies. So my best man, Dan, fantastically organised it all. Most of us had brought our own watercraft. Some of us went for the inflatable uh, kayak. Some of us went for... Uh, one of us went for an ex-hire rowing boat <laughs> and, and, and bought a really... But, and all, although there were strict instructions of, like, we have to just self-paddle, he, he, he bought straight off the shelf, hadn't even run it in or, or read the instructions, a Suzuki quite powerful two-stroke outboard <laughs> and put it on an ex-hire rowing boat. And <laughs> he was just brilliant. And painted it all up um, with the signage Bald Watch instead of Baywatch in yellow and red because everyone on board that boat had no hair. So, nice. um, yeah, it was great. But Greasy Mark turned up and he had what looked like <laughs> what looked like an 80s slalom canoe. It was like a really, really, you know, it looked like the shape of a pike fish. You know, it was very purposeful. Right. We're like, oh, OK, you're a bit of a canoe, right? Yeah, he goes, they no, quite no. hardcore. Yeah, they are really hardcore. <clears throat> and I went, we went. Oh, you a bit of a bit of canoe, Mark? He went, no, no. I've just borrowed it from a friend. I went, oh, cool. Can have a great time. Bear in mind, I'm not saying this is a great idea, but bear in mind for the entire duration we were drinking scrumpy. Uh, my my particular <laughs> my particular kayak had had an inflatable dinghy tethered to it, which had which was full of cold water with um, scrumpy submerged in it. So people would paddle alongside us get a bottle of scrumpy and take it into their boat so we just had this constant supply of um, parson's choice which was a, a local somerset scrumpy which for about the first 15 minutes of drinking it it's repulsive and then it becomes okay <laughs> and um <laughs> this is like an episode and, of casualty unfolding well yeah but what's weird is 
we all got in the river and we all had um, life jackets on and all had our supplies in waterproof bags and stuff and it was all very jolly. We started canoeing and stuff and I quickly realised that Greasy Mark was just sort of... Well, we were paddling downstream and the canoe was sort of spinning and not in any kind of control. And then it went into the bank a few times and we're like, is he he drunk already? And he wasn't drunk. And then it it turned out, because he had a very pale face, we're like, yeah, yeah, okay, you're not feeling very well. He went, well, there's something I haven't told you. And he basically said, I've I've, I've never learnt to swim and I've never been in a canoe before. And, And... And... and I, I sort of sobered up a bit as the groom going, what? What's the stag? What, what are you thinking? <laughs> he, went, he brought a hardcore slalom canoe to a waterborne stag do and then yes. admitted that he couldn't swim. But it's like turning up to a, like what, a, a track day in some widow-making car isn't it you know like a 911 rsr from the 70s and going have you yeah. ever driven this car no i've never driven actually yeah, I don't, I don't know i'm just going drive at all but that's a porsche 917 long tail yeah endurance racer where did you get it from what are you doing i don't know what what was that's extraordinary he could have yeah. died well he did he did nearly die i'll gloss over that bit but he didn't and that's fine. Yes. And we ended up in Hereford eventually, and we had a fantastic time out on the town where it was it was mandatory. I'm going to use that word again. Do you mean mandatory? It was mandatory. Definitely mandatory. <laughs> it was mandatory for us to go out on the town. And my 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 organizer of the stag do, my my best man Dan, written strict instructions: we are going out on the town wearing socially unacceptable shoes, <laughs> and that's what we all did. <laughs> <laughs> and and we went out we went out at the town and wore socially unacceptable shoes and I have to tell you man it was one of the funniest nights of my life uh, despite the fact that I got the front of my trousers torn off <laughs> I had to spend most of the night I was wearing um, and the other thing about this is my dad came on my stag do and I don't think he was prepared for what unravelled oh, I'm actually crying <laughs> I mean there's there's so many <laughs> oh my lord there's so many amazing moments from it that I and one of them was definitely going out on the town wearing oh this is awesome going out on the town wearing terrible shoes Dan had said I'll sort your shoes out Johnny don't you worry about a thing I'll sort you some brilliant shoes out he brought me some it was just amazing um, sort of traditional Indian festival shoes I suppose you call them <laughs> they, they look like Aladdin's shoes they curled all the way around at the end <laughs> and they were gold leaf they were just amazing so I and they had no grip at all. They were completely smooth underneath. So as I found out on the dance floor, it was almost um, lethal. But um, and then the the evening finished <laughs> with the best man Dan. We all managed to meet and get into this um, um, taxi, which was a minibus. 
And Dan was like, where are you guys? And we're like, we're all on the bus. Go, no, you're not. I'm on the bus. He got on a bus with a load of people who he didn't know and went off to a completely different town. <laughs> <laughs> and, then his, and then his phone ran out of battery and we didn't see him again until the morning. But he, uh, he was, up until that point, he was, he was properly on it. Jesus what he did, what, yes. Someone found a shoe on the dance floor, a woman's shoe, and instead of handing it into reception, um, took it straight to the bar and had about 12 shots put in it. And we were drinking a vodka, uh, all sorts of stuff, all sorts of spirits out of this female high heel. There was, ironically, there was no vehicles, really, um, you know, motor vehicles involved in my stag do. Which was which was quite nice. Apart from Bulb Watch, which we quickly realised, um, well, that's an almost another story that you do have to run in um, <clears throat> outboard motors. You you can't really start them up from fresh and run them at full RPM with f- five large men and a load of beer inside. <laughs> but, um, um, <clears throat> this reminds me. Maybe next week I'll tell you the story of um, James May and the woefully underpowered outboard motor. <laughs> but I feel like this week we will never top you losing the front of your trousers whilst wearing Aladdin's shoes, and we should, oh, probably, we should probably wrap things up. God, hey, we were just getting it. Yeah, yeah, those, those trousers, uh, yeah. Always way. nice to talk. Um, thank you for listening to Smith & Sniff, the podcast. Uh, Please remember to like and subscribe and do all of those things that you're supposed to do. We were last week number one in the UK automotive podcast chart, or the Apple podcast chart, certainly, and number one in the UK leisure chart as well, above Gardner's Question Time and Claire Balding's Dogs. So take that, Balding, your national treasure. Um, it won't last. Obviously, there's been some glitch in their calculations, but thank you. Is, is The reason I bring this up is to say thank you very much for... Uh, listening to our often strange and pointless show uh, and hopefully after this, this, you. this one you'll uh, listen to next week's as well and subscribe like and subscribe and uh, we've had some really nice feedback and some five star ratings which frankly uh, I just can't believe no but me it's either. lovely um, so yeah and if you want to sponsor this podcast I thought I'd just put this in there Richard won't be happy with me but I'm going to say it uh, sponsorship Tart. is welcomed well, why not? Why not? Right. Damn it! We, yes, fine. we can be sponsored by agricultural machinery, gardening implements, shoes—you name it. It's Monty all there Don's world take. of MOT failure cars. Any anything <laughs> is possible. All right, mate. I'll talk to you next week then. Take care. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.